the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Did not. No, I've disengaged from the news purposely because I felt like it was roiling me up inside and tempting me to post things online that would not help. And so I was like, I removed myself from the situation. So, I mean, I I, I just, you know, we, we have to get back to some type of normal where... You've got to let people, I mean, this is kind of, uh, to me, I could be wrong on this, but, you know, when you when you quarantine healthy people and take jobs, you're only creating like a cauldron full of yeah. frustration and right. anger. you agree with that? I do. I absolutely do. I think um, this is a perfect storm of bad where yep. everybody's been quarantined and then we have a horrendous volatile event captured on video that reminds us of issues we are going to all, deal with and yeah, have dealt with yeah all that we're all offended by and have been offended by and will always be offended by if we're compassionate uh, right living human beings so yeah it's a perfect storm of bad and it continues and I don't know what happened overnight because I've tried to I, I mean I'm trying to stay informed for the podcast sure you showed up a little early today, so I, I about ten minutes more prep that I could have used. I'm but sorry, no, 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 you're good, you're good. I'm glad to see you. I'm usually um, good to go. By yeah, you. no, no, I'm usually good to go. I <laughs> for some reason I forgot to set my alarm last night, and I normally am up a couple times in the night, yeah. but I slept last night till six fifteen. So mentally tired, mentally tired. Yeah. So uh, and I watched the Lance Armstrong uh, doc. Did you enjoy last that? Night. <laughs> enjoy? No. Uh, you know, I find it interesting. Well, I found it fascinating. I I find it fascinating that he's uh, a sociopath. I mean, I just think he has a disconnect on. He's a really bad person. (laughs) No humility there, is there? (sighs) Not a lot of humility. He's a complicated guy because there is humility because what Livestrong was able to accomplish. It was good things that came out of that, yeah. That's and so that's what we have to choose to focus on, Bruce. And and that's like I do believe with all my heart, good things are going to come out of of uh, COVID. Good things are going to come out of these protests. Um, Man, bless your heart, because I I'm not there yet. Well, I I understand that, but you have to see. I I look at the big picture of things, and all the bad takes all the attention. So you surround yourself with the news; it's constantly bad, but there's always good stories in there. Yeah. And, then it forces people, this protest, and I think it's a legitimate protest, by the way. I think it's I made absolute, that. The protests I, are absolutely I, I, um, You and I are both First Amendment guys. Yep. We wouldn't be in this business. Chris Cuomo isn't, but you and I are, yes. Uh, exactly. But <laughs> I don't know what Chris that, Cuomo. Let me give you the. Well, here we go. Go Chris ahead. Cuomo. CNN last night starts his show. Chris Cuomo, the brother of Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, where he's saying he's going to. Bring in the military because Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, is too incompetent to keep peace in his city. Chris Cuomo said last night, please show me where it says protesters are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Well, Chris, uh, that's in a little thing called the uh, First Amendment to the United States Constitution, Mm -hmm. where it gives you freedom of the press to be an agitator and um, a disgrace to fairness in media, and you have plenty of company on the left and right, uh, it says the last thing after freedom of the press and freedom of religion is right to peaceably assemble. Yeah, That's in the Constitution of the United States. In the First Amendment, Chris Cuomo, it might be 
Maybe you don't have time to read like all, you know, 20 amendments, 20 some amendments, but the first one you could maybe familiarize yourself with. Well, it goes back to idiot. Well, yeah, and it's again people thinking and I mean that. He's an idiot. A lot of people think they're smarter than everybody else and I don't I just want to have people continue to educate themselves on everything and you have to look at the big picture and I believe in in civility. Um, there's got to be civility on both sides. There's got to be civility from President Trump and there's got to be civility yep. from everybody else and and then when once that civility is obtained then I do think you'll see real progress. Um, and it has to happen on both sides, even though the media is slanted clearly what, to one can side. I, can I yeah. press you a bit? Because I want to believe in my heart what you're saying, that good will come from this. Why do you think good will come from this? What is the basis? What gives you hope? What is it about the human condition, the American society, whatever? What is it that gives you hope? hope that good will come from it. Well, um, I do believe we're always going to have racism in yes. this world because it's an imperfect world. So I think we're in agreement do, do with we, that. I guess we need to say, and that's a horrible thing. I mean, I would hope I, everyone would know that we know and think and believe with all our heart that's a horrible thing. I'm not going to qualify every statement that I make because people that know me know where I stand. So racism is always going to exist and be amongst us, just like the poor will always be amongst us. So we as individuals have to do our very best civilly um, to stamp out and help wherever we can. So I do think the protests are bringing an awareness of what many people have gone through. And I'm not talking about um, just the, uh, as I mentioned, with my nephews and known that they've been stopped for no reason. Every guy that I played with in the NFL locker room has a story uh, growing up about maybe being unfairly targeted. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's got to be something done within police departments. And uh, when you have um, the officer who murdered George Floyd have these 18 misconducts. Uh, there's got to be something done now. So who's in charge of the police? Well, the mayor. Well, who negotiates the collective bargaining agreement between the police department and the city? I'm assuming it's the mayor and the police department and the police department's union. So the union has to look at, okay, how can we help? And what can we do from a union standpoint to make sure uh, some of these unwarranted stops uh, st keep from happening. So we just have to improve that area. Uh, I think another thing is that I, I do think it's our responsibility, uh, at least I think it's my responsibility. Uh, I don't want to say our responsibility. I'll say my responsibility that uh, if there's got to be some accountability within public schools. So whether that's free choice or, pro cho or not school, pro choice. Choice, school choice to g give kids better opportunities, that's something to look at. I think there's one problem uh, that needs to be addressed, and President Obama actually tried to address this at a point in time during his presidency, is that 70% of the African-American homes don't have a father living in it. 
70% don't have a father living in the home. That's got to be an issue that needs to be addressed. That's not racist for me saying it. That's something to be pointed out. That it's, a how, it's a very relevant number. That, that we can figure out, okay, how can we lift people up? And so you know my approach, Bruce. If I were a mayor of Columbus, Ohio, I would get together and with my police department and say, what can we do better? I think the NFL uh, has done a great job in their social justice reach-out programs. I think they've done a great job. Um, I think that Colin Kaepernick's protest, I, don't, I didn't agree with the protest. I didn't like how he protested, but the awareness that was brought by the NFL teams, I think there's a lot of good that have come from that, from what I know from NFL teams and what they're trying to do. So that's where I see a lot of this good stuff uh, that can come from this, um, Bruce. And, and, and the thing that I can't stand and that it puts me over the edge is the looting and the rioting. Yeah. I, I can't stand it. I mean, I get so angry when somebody comes in and takes over a legitimate protest and it angers me to no end uh, what is happening in that regard because when you have the brother of George Floyd calling for a peaceful protest when you look yeah, at and the girlfriend yeah. and look at the civil rights icon of our century in Martin Luther King everything was about peaceful protest and change occurred so there's things that can happen and things that can be done uh, to help this and to make awareness. So one thing is, is that when, when there is, if you're around somebody and there is racism, point it out. Mm -hmm. If somebody Absolutely. tells you a racist joke, don't acknowledge the joke and say, why would you say that? Call it out. So I think there's small steps and, and that could come. I believe in our country. I believe in, in unity. Um, I believe I was in a, uh, just an interesting story, you know? Just an interesting story yesterday that happened to me, and this is why I have optimism. I, I'm, I'm normally optimistic. I get very angry at, mm -hmm. at when people take advantage of situations. That I don't think there's anything that angers me more, in fact. But I'm in uh, Walgreens yesterday just picking up because of the move, picking up stuff that mm -hmm. obviously we need because, you know, sidebar, when you move, you pack a box, you say, great, this is a very important box. This way I put it in this box so I won't lose it. <laughs> then I find an irrelevant box that has nothing I want in it that I end up throwing away, but I can't find a very important box. Yes, that's right. So I'm replacing all the stuff. And there's this young black gentleman in there. I'm walking down the aisle. He's not walking down the aisle. Both of us don't have masks on, so I'm sure we can get cited for that. But anyway, he's looking at me. And some people look at me when I'm out in public, yeah. right? Because they, they might recognize. Yeah, I've know. seen this guy before, TV, yeah, commercial, whatever. There's yeah. something that clicks the, with yeah, him. Somewhere. I've seen the guy. So I just say, hey, what's up, man? You know, and so we go our ways. And I come back down an aisle, and he's down another aisle. And he says, Chris. I said, what's going on? And do I go, do I know you? He goes, no, no. He goes, just hanging out. How you doing? I said, I'm fine. He goes, all right, man. How you doing? I said, I'm doing well. How are you doing? He says, I'm doing great, man. And goes, all right, good to see you, brother. And I say, good to see you, brother. So that's why. That's why you have hope. Yes, because of my, my personal experience. Look, I think that 
uh, most um, people in this country have the mindset of you and I in a sense that they're good people, in a sense that they live by the golden rule or by, you know, do, on, what do it's, unto uh, others as you would have them yeah, do unto you. Yeah. I think most people do that. So that's why there's common sense. But when you have the minority, not, not minority regarding race, but the minority that want this uh, anarchist socialist society, you know, and they're passionate about it, and they're going to fight it. You got to fight back, and you fight back not not by you know, uh, uh, like a, with fists or weapons. You fight back with unity, and so there's got to be, and and this is would be my message to President Trump, or my message to Mayor Ginther, or my message to Gov- Governor Dewine, because that's the people that affect me directly, right? Mm-hmm. Or to Rob Portman, or to Sherrod Brown, or to whoever else our uh, representatives are. We we got to find a way to, to to spread unity, and understand that we all have the same goals. Because the people that are rightfully protesting and getting message outs, it's being heard. By the way, of awareness of racism and do something to stop it. Um. By the by, the very 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 small minority of of police officers that abuse their power and their authority, I think that message is being heard. But when it's confiscated by anarchists, scumbags, leeches, vultures on society, that has to be stopped because the only thing that they are doing is destroying your neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. They're destroying what uh, cities, great American institutions. Yeah. Then when you live in New York City and people are begging for help and you have a no bail or a no bail law where you seven or 400 looters are arrested in New York City yesterday and are out the next day because of the no bail law that that crazy place passed. Yep. So. You know that has to get straightened out, and so I think once you see some of the problems that being that are being flushed out here, then you address the problems and the solutions. But the best way to address those problems and solutions is to recognize those problems and solutions, and then start working toward uh, those solutions or start working toward solutions. Here's the thing, though, too. You know, in my heart. I've probably met maybe 10 racists in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't associate with them. Yeah. Never have, right. never will. And I don't think people do. I really don't think people associate with That doesn't mean it's not out there. It is out there. But I, I think from our perspective, what we can do if there is racism, we have a podcast and we notice racism or read a story of racism in the news, we point it out and you constantly educate that this is wrong. Like, I had to talk with my kids the other day. I said, okay, let's educate ourselves. There is racism. And, and my kids know because they know, you know, what Ronnie and J.D. and Whitney and the two older ones when they were living at home, what they went through. Yeah, those are Rick's adopted yeah. African-American kids. Yeah, throughout their life. So they understand that. But our goal is to, what can we do is, as individuals, you point out, uh, racism, 
you don't let it slide and you either uh, uh, point out that's offensive to me or you don't associate with that and you let people know that. And so you try to isolate them as much as possible. That That's one way. Uh, but the, the core, everybody talks about the core of the problem. For me, I would think that, you know, 70%, it just breaks my heart. Because I watched my dad do this at Canton Timken Vocational High School where he's the pseudo father in these houses. And when, when you know, so I understand. I understand the disadvantages that a lot of these guys grow up with. And we have to do our best to help alleviate some of those disadvantages. Does that mean you're going to be have losses? Yeah, you're going to have losses. You're going to have great wins. Yes, you're going to have great wins. You know, and there's things that you've done to give a, a helping hand. There's things that I've done that doesn't don't need to be publicized or don't need to be talked about. God knows what we do, and you ask me, um. Why I can say what I can say and why I believe what I believe, because I have to answer to God when everything comes from God. Not, I don't answer. I follow the law. I do my best to live by the golden rule. But my decisions are based on when I'm standing in front of God one day. And I hope he says, well done, good and faithful servant. So if you want to check yourself on behavior, then... If you live that way, I think uh, the last thing you would ever be is a racist. Uh, we want to encourage you to email us with your nomination for COVID-19 relief. Uh, many people, 40 million or so, unemployed, many in need. Um, so please send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. We'll draw four names on Friday, and we will continue to do that. Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, our sponsors include Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, home of the best coffee. Chris starts his day with it. Many, many of you have responded and ordered from Hemisphere, and we appreciate that uh, because uh, sponsors to the podcast are important. And if sponsors don't get your business, then they cease to be sponsors. So, yes, we would like for you to try Hemisphere and put it to the taste test. And we know that you'll love it because everyone who tries it does love it. If you order and get a 15% discount when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. Or you can just note in the comments section you're a Spielman Hooley listener and tell them you'd like to donate your discount to COVID-19 relief. Andy, Grace, and Paul do a great job. They buy from growers in foreign countries like Nicaragua, Thailand, and Indonesia. That's why the coffee is so good, and it's why their mission is so good, because those growers then get more by buying by, by selling directly to Hemisphere and then they're able to do good things in their local communities. And, boy, have we seen lately the importance of doing good things sure. in local communities. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I wish I shared your optimism, but I don't. Because I see things we agree on that we find ways to disagree on. I see things we should agree on that we find ways to politicize and polarize we should all agree on coming together to fight a pandemic it became polarized and politicized we already all do agree that what that minneapolis cop did to george floyd was every 
every bad adjective you can think of. Mm -hmm. Horrendous, heinous, unforgivable. We all agree. I have not seen anyone say, well, you know, you need to watch it. No, that was horrible, awful, terrible. Okay? But we find ways to become uh, engaged in riotous behavior over that. Not, but that, that's, see, you, it, you're not, okay, se- well, you're, but I mean, I, I want it, you to separate the rioters I, I se- and the looters from the, I do separate, the, but when you go out into the streets, you are who you associate with. And I think the problem is I don't see, you know, I, I, I see like, so this will get me to the third reason why I don't see optimism. I was so troubled Monday <laughs> by I all I was this. worried about, yeah. And I just went to my chair after our podcast, and I prayed, and I'm like, Lord, I, I got to come out of this funk. I got to be a leader. I got to bring something positive to the table. Help me understand. I read the Bible for a long time. I sat for a long time. I prayed for a long time, and I thought about the image in the Bible of eventually the lion and the lamb will lay down together. There'll be a peace. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Lord, how do we get there now? How do we get there? And I... I, in my mind, thought of two, you know, incompatible things like a lion and a lamb. I don't think whites and blacks are incompatible, but we appear to be incompatible right now. So I thought, okay, white and black, how do we get there? What's keeping keeping us from coming together? Because I think we have, we should be able to come together. It took me a day to figure it out. What's keeping us from coming together? Yeah, the obvious answer, Satan's us. But but I was trying, no, I got to put it in human terms. How's he personified? I think it's my profession. I really do. Absolutely. I think it is my profession. Not that I enjoy uh, join in this, but I don't believe we will and can get to a point where we can agree and... Um, I shared a text the other day with a former player at Ohio State that I covered who's been a friend of mine ever since I covered him. He's African-American, and I just said, I hurt for what I see in our country right now. I'm glad you're my friend. I don't know what to say to you other than I hope you're okay. I hope your businesses are business is okay. You're a dear friend of mine. We disagree politically. Mm-hmm. We disagree politically. But I, yeah, I love this guy. Mm-hmm. And individually he and i can progress from we could have a conversation he could he could understand me where my background i could empathize and try to understand his background we do that individually we don't do it collectively and we don't do it collectively because we have people on the left and the right it's not it's not one or the other it's both who traffic in roiling us up and causing disagreement I'm ashamed of my profession. I'm ashamed I'm a part of it. I'm ashamed I entered it. It is not at all what it should be. It is not at all what it should be, and it has the protection of the First Amendment, so it'll never be reined in. It has the, it is fed by, as the way a a fire is fed by gasoline, by the advancements in technology, which include phones in our pocket, access to information immediately, websites where everybody can have a voice, uh, all this stuff, that's why I don't have hope that we can bridge these gaps. Because I think for us to bridge these gaps, whites are going to have to make what is for some 
a very difficult leap. And that is we're going to have to un- we're going to have to agree and 100% get on board with the fact that we can never understand what it's like to be black. I can say, look, I had a tough too. My dad and mom worked in a factory. Mom had a heart attack standing on her feet working in a factory. My brother was deaf. My dad lost his fingers in a farming. I can give you my tale of woe. It's not the same as yours. Mm-hmm. It's just not. It's just not. I, I, I've never had a cop follow me because I'm white. And I can never understand what that's like. So I have to get on board with, I'll never understand, but I empathize. And blacks are going to have to give up this unsupportable by statistics notion that cops are out hunting them, right. that white people are out to exterminate them. You're going to have to give that up. The numbers do not support that. You're going to have to let the wheels of justice turn to take care of issues like Minneapolis rather than jumping to the conclusion that, well, here it is again, uh, all black, LeBron James, he, he feeds this too. All blacks are hunted. No, LeBron, all blacks aren't hunted. And that angers people when they hear you say that, and it feeds the problem. And so I don't have optimism because I don't see us, a, I don't see a way to put the genie back in the bottle on a disloyal press, and I got friends who are going to hate me for saying this. I'm I'm ashamed of my profession. It is not doing what it was set up to do. It is Sean Hannity. It is Ann Coulter. It is Tucker Carlson. It is Chris Cuomo. It is Rachel Maddow. It is people right. on the left and the right. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. It's, so- they are... The enemy, they're not the enemies of the state because Donald Trump said so. They're the enemies of the state because they are ceasing to do the down the middle, fair reporting of what their profession was designed to do. Yeah, I, I have no argument. I just think it can be overcome because I do think I see and have interactions with people um, on like you do, but uh, of, of different backgrounds. One of the benefits that I have was, you're right. I don't know what it's like to be black, but I know what it. I, I've talked and been around it in locker rooms and in growing up enough to have some comprehension or an understanding. Not a full experience. I'm not going to say that because it's not possible. But I know, and I I do understand because people have told me, and I know what my heart feels. When I hear stories that these guys have gone through and how infuriating that is to me. And so I think I think Brian Arakpo and a couple other guys uh, tweeted, one of the best places in the world, one of the most non, <laughs> one of the most unifying places in the world is a locker room because you have common guys Going for a common goal. Well, you have guys. I don't know that they're. Well, have, they're not common because their backgrounds are all diverse. We're, we're, yeah. So yeah. yeah, we have. That's a great point. Thank you. We have a diverse group of backgrounds coming together for a common goal to win, and to they win. know that they need each other to do that. And so there's bonds that that's there's bonds that are are grown, and that's the beauty of team, and that's the beauty of athletics. And so if politicians 
could figure out uh, that as opposed to constantly trying to destroy each other, uh, there would be great progress. And that takes strong leadership. It does. It really does. And you make a great point, Bruce, that, you know, for, and that's why I think where you're, you're, you're might be off a little bit. I think the majority of African-American people don't think that they're being hunted down constantly by every cop. I do think they believe because they've, a lot of them had, have had these experiences that it could happen to them. We don't have to worry about that at that level that they have to worry about. Correct? Yeah, absolutely true. And uh, conversely, uh, I, I believe most African-American people don't look at all white people as racist. We might be, you know, we might be told we're racist by media or certain people that are outspoken or that have a platform. But you know your heart. You know what you are. You know who you, what you believe in. And so I just think, think it takes strong leadership. I think there should be a national conversation led by President Trump to put a coalition of people together and to come up with a solution. And I, and I do think it, you know, there has to be a push like President Obama tried to start of addressing the fatherless homes in the black community. That's just a number. That's 70%. That's not me just randomly saying that's got to be an issue. Yeah, it does. And and, and the, the other thing is I think with I think the money spent on education in this country and we're not getting the results. No, we are not. And I, I want to know why. I mean, I, I haven't looked in it. I want to know why we are not getting results if we're putting this money. Why is it that every kid at a public school in the city doesn't have uh, a computer. Well, the state lottery was going to take care of that, and uh, it hasn't done that. And now we're going to legalize sports gambling in the state of Ohio, and they're going to tell us that's going to take care of that. And the money always seems to vanish, and the progress never seems to so, come. And in the realm of education, there's news. Ohio State has apparently has a new president. Yeah. Uh, her name is Christina Johnson. Welcome. Uh, is it Mrs., Ms., I Doctor? I don't know. There's no uh, to stories I've read. Have not gotten to whether her she's uh, married, single, whatever. She is the president of the uh, SUNY New York system. So they have, I think they have a college in every county in New yeah. York. Uh, 64 colleges. Um, there, there's stories out that, you know, she's been there three years and she's leaving at an odd time. Well, everybody would be leaving at an odd time now with COVID <laughs> and online yeah. stuff. I'm doing football. Um, I'm hopefully working games in an odd time. She's taken criticism, and everybody has, so I don't know. Yeah. She's a former Obama administration uh, U.S. Department of Energy official. Right. Um, threw a big party when she was named, and, of course, that made people mad, and she were served on boards and got paid for it. How dare she do that? So I don't know anything about her. Um I dare say she's uh, doesn't share my political views, given what administration she served in. But given the fact that she's a university president, I would be shocked if she did share my political yeah. views. So you know that's where we are, and um, she's the first female president since Karen Holbrook. Yeah, she'd be the second in OSU history. I don't know. Maybe there's been another one I'm unaware of. I don't, I don't think know. so. I would imagine she's the second. 
And when people hear Karen Holbrook's name, they'll hear tailgating crackdown. So don't you know, <laughs> be all worried about that. That's, her le- that's Karen Holbrook's legacy at Ohio mm-hmm. State, the tailgating crackdown or attempted tailgating crackdown. Uh, NBA looking at a July 31 comeback. MLB players still fighting. NFL. Did you see the Minnesota Vikings linebackers, Anthony Barr and another one, are real mad at the NFL. Did you see that? Why is Anthony Barr mad? Well, they're mad because they didn't think the NFL put out a statement and they didn't, I don't think the statement did enough, I guess. Um, boy, I'll tell you what. I, I know the Vikings. Rick's, Rick's, got, Rick's got a big challenge up there. Yeah, that's that's all, the job. All guys do. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, and I think, good, the NFL, I think the NFL has done, done a, a pretty decent job. I know the Vikings are going to pick up uh, the college education of Mr. Floyd's children. Good. At least that was yeah. being strongly considered and on its way making its way through the process i don't know if that's final finalized yet eric kendrick's anthony Barr rip nfl statement on social justice nfl says greatly saddened by the tragic events across our country um this these events underscore there remains much more to do as a country and as a league okay uh vikings linebackers Eric Kendricks tweets at NFL, what actual steps are you taking to support the fight for justice and system reform? Your statement said nothing. Your league is built on black athletes' value. Vague answers do nothing. Let the players know what you're actually doing. Well, the teams are being involved. In- so you could say the exact same thing about the Ohio State football statement that came out. I watched it today in the video with every you know many, many white players in it, many black players in it, Ryan Day in it, were committed to – to change. Okay, well, I could say the same thing about that statement. Well, what are you going to do? What specifics? Look, every, this is why these statements don't make any impression that's, on me. That's because why. everybody already knows racism is bad. If you don't know racism is bad, you're right. bad. You're bad. You're lost. You're 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 a train wreck of a person if you don't know racism is bad. I don't know anybody who comes out and goes, no, you know, we need to debate the merits of racism. No, we don't. Right. And so all these statements are all the same. But if you don't put one out, you get criticized. And if you do put one out, you're going to get criticized by somebody. So, again, here we go with my, you know, spin cycle of turmoil and senseless debate and I would have liked it. media fanning yeah. flames and all this stuff. I would like Anthony and Eric to come out and say, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to talk about? Because, what, here's what's, the thing. No one can do anything I, I until in. the hearts of men change. Okay. That cop knelt on George Floyd's neck because there's some disconnect in that cop's mind that he is on a power trip or he's has no value of life for he didn't see George Floyd as a human being or he has no compassion for human or beings. Either, either do the three other guys. And so I can't make a policy, nor can anyone on either side of the political aisle, I cannot make a policy to make People who have the flawed disconnect in their head that that cop in Minnesota had to fix their flawed disconnect. No, I cannot make a policy to do that. But that's I, I mean, nor I, can anyone. I think there's a that's why I think there's a big opportunity to have that discussion. That's why I came in here and said, okay, here's some ideas that I had about being accountable for the money that's supposed to go to public schools, so those kids have a better opportunity as uh, kids in suburb schools or just as good as an opportunity as kids in suburb schools and hold accountability to that. If the Ohio lottery is supposed to buy computers for students, then it has to buy com- computers for the students. If 
if there is an issue with fatherless homes in a black community, then there's got to be spokespersons to, to encourage the family unit in a black community and see where that goes. Uh, so, I mean, if you want to talk about the problems, talk about the problems. I'm bringing up issues that I think are important. If uh, there's got to be a unity in Washington instead of constantly trying to dis literally destroy, literally destroy somebody, literally destroy them. How about coming together and, okay, let's talk about this policy and let's talk about this policy and then let's legislate it and see what we can come up with. So there's my ideas. I heard a good uh, message yesterday by Pastor Tony Evans, who I really like. Um, and Tony Evans said, find someone, um, who doesn't look like you and minister to them. And then together go find someone who doesn't look like either one of you mm -hmm. and minister to them, which I thought was a great idea. Um, and one of these things that I thought about yesterday was when I was thinking about this incompatibility that we have, or we, we sort of um, fight and turn everything into a disagreement. When Donald Trump was elected, I remember hearing so many people say, I don't know a single person who voted for Donald Trump. Look, I'm not a Barack Obama fan, but I know a lot of people who voted for Barack Obama. And I think if you don't know anyone who thinks differently than you, that's not good. You have to know people who di who differ from you politically, and you have to be able to converse with people yeah. and be friends with people who think differently than yeah, you. That's really interesting that you say that because the crew that I work with on Fox, who I love dearly, right? I mean, you've heard me talk yeah. about. Uh, I am probably the only conservative there. Brenneman's conservative, so Tom and I are probably the only two guys there that are conservative and we have discussions and legitimate discussions and but there's a, such a respect and care for each other that we can see the other person's side and and I'll ask questions and I say I can see that point yeah I do I really do and they and, and if I bring something up yeah Chris that's a really good point and that's something where needs improvement we agree on that so we find things to agree upon I'm having we dinner. I'm having we, dinner tonight with a guy that I disagree we with. We don't destroy each other. Yeah. We we hang out and we talk and have civil conversations. And civility, everybody blames Donald Trump for not being civil, and I grant you that. I agree with you. He could be more civil, but they just try to destroy him on a daily basis. And have since before he took office. So, you know, I get where his lack of civility comes from. I don't agree with it. No, I, I think the best thing he could do, he has shown, he has sorely lacked leadership at the appropriate time. His speech yesterday I thought was fine. Um, I didn't hear him yesterday. You mean Monday? Monday, yeah. Um, look, and I know people didn't like him saying, you got to dominate the streets. You do, you do this. have to dominate the streets. You cannot let... David Dorn, a 40-year St. Louis police officer trying to protect a pawn shop, be shot and murdered by a looter. You cannot allow David Underwood, a federal officer in Oakland, to be assassinated by someone who was out amid protests That's in Oakland. You cannot allow that. You cannot have Americans 
how many million Americans were locked in their homes because of curfews around the country the other night because our streets were not safe? Mm -hmm. We have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All three in jeopardy by the riots in our streets. You cannot allow that. No. So I don't have a problem with him saying you got to dominate the streets. You do. You don't. You don't have a society if you have a lawless. Well, that's society. the thing. I was. Progress can't be made, and progress can't happen without law and order. And so the first thing that has to get done is the law and order, and then uh, practice the for your First Amendment rights. Um, there's things that. In life that I would protest, I would protest for life all day long and be happy and proud to do it. Now, I have that passion uh, to do that. You have that passion to do that. But if you don't have law and order, you can't have a conversation and you can't make progress. And But, the, 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 but why there's also hope is that there's been, this has happened in numerous places, Bruce, I don't know if you saw this, that... Uh, peaceful protesters, legitimate protesters, found an agitator within their group, and they handed them over to the yeah. to the cops. So that's, that's there. I mean, so that's why. And so I I do think that people understand that. But the lack of leadership in in the in the uh, from the poli political parties is stunning to me. It's stunning. No. to me and it's very frustrating we have elevated these people in political parties to some like kind of position where we think they're uniquely gifted in areas where they just plainly are not only not uniquely gifted they're not even adequately gifted in leadership, insight, foresight, it's a job. It's a uh, for many, it is a job. It is a racket. It is a our political system has dramatically failed. Here's can I give dramatically you, failed. Can I give you uh, one frustrating thing? Um, here's where a failure of leadership. I went to the barber shop yesterday, and guy's been open forty years, thirty years, whatever. Mm -hmm. Great guy, barber Bob. Walked in, mask on. You or him? Him. Okay. Well, he's required to. Well, I said, Bob. You know, I, I'm I'm comfortable. I, I you don't have to wear that mask if you. Oh, I do, Chris. Because if somebody comes around here, that's right. They're going to take my license and yep. I'll lose my business of yep. forty years. And um, the lack of social distancing and masking and all that stuff amongst these psychopath, anarchist, socialist, uh, animal behavior-like human beings. Fascists. Yeah. Um, it's just a joke. And so I'm trying to say, okay, so we won't arrest or we'll arrest looters and let them go, but we'll take a guy's single-man barbershop's license away that's been there for 40 years because he took his mask off in between haircuts. That's you know, so that's that's where the lack of leadership yeah. that I was watching disappoints local news. me more more than anything. Local news the other day, and they got their masks on while they're out in the outside reporting, and they are interviewing people. 
six people on camera, five of them wearing their masks incorrectly, either down over their nose or down over their nose and mouth, including the anchor, by the way, which I yeah. thought was whatever. Well, anyway, uh, this will probably get us into the face segment. Uh, Dabo Sweeney is getting taken to the woodshed, the coach of the Clemson Tigers, by Pat Forty, who, speaking of, someone who disagrees with me politically, who's a friend and a friend of yours. Pat Forty is a friend of yours and mine. Pat has a big voice uh, in his platform at Sports Illustrated. And Pat is uh, Pat is ripping Dabo. Here's the lead on Pat's latest column at SI. Dabo Sweeney spoke Monday, and it really wasn't worth the wait. That shouldn't surprise anyone. Now, Dabo Sweeney is, of course, a sold-out, 100% out-front Christian. Uh, some uh, Sold out, huh? Well, I mean, he's sold out for the faith. He's, oh. you know, he's all in. That's what I mean. Like, he's, you know. Okay. I mean it in an authentic way. You know, he's. Uh, I 40 wrote that. No, 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 no. Okay. No, that's my, that's, that's a compliment when I say it of someone if they're, you know, they're, they've sold everything to commit to the faith. Um, some of Dabo's words were eloquent and forceful. Some were trite. Some words seemed to come less from the heart than from a recruiter's cynical sense of which way the wind is blowing in the black community. I don't know how Pat knows that, but he apparently knows that. Uh, so, uh, Pat says there were people who issued statements on the George Floyd thing. And here's a quote, but one prominent football coaching voice wasn't heard until Monday. It was the voice of Sweeney. The guy with the $93 million contract, winner of two national titles, and a man who's taken the Tigers to four of the last five college football playoff games. There was widespread wondering what was taking Sweeney so long. Well, I don't know what Dabo's contract has to do with anything. and It has nothing to do with anything. I don't know that there was widespread wondering. Pat was obviously wondering. And, I Pat, and Pat can wonder. I wasn't wondering. I, I wasn't wondering. I wonder what Dabo thinks of this. No, I, wasn't. I wasn't thinking I wonder what Ryan Day thinks of Maybe this. Maybe people in South Carolina were Or Chris wondering. Holtman thinks of this. I wasn't wondering because I know that Ryan Day's a good guy and Chris Holtman's a good guy and Dabo and Gene Smith and Ronnie Stokes and everybody I know is a good guy. And I know they all hate racism because I know they're good guys. I haven't had a conversation with Gene Smith about racism. I'm pretty sure he's against it. Yeah. Because he's a good guy. Okay? So I don't I wasn't wondering what anybody thinks about this. Because if you have a brain in your head, I don't need to wonder. Because you'd have to be a horrible person not to be against it. So Dabo didn't issue a statement. Dabo did a Zoom call where he actually answered questions and thought off the top of his head and responded. But apparently he didn't do it on a fast enough schedule. Put Pat's mind at ease. Um, so this is what I'm talking about when I say that. Rather than say, Dabo Sweeney wanted to take, because I'll tell you this right now. Monday, if you listen to the podcast, you know Bruce Hooley needed more time than he had before he could come out and make any kind of statements that had the right kind of, or or the adequate amount in my mind of, Prayer and contemplation over what I wanted to say. I wasn't in a position Monday, but I we had a we had a date with the podcast and we had to do some, do one. Dabo's not under that time crunch. He can talk whenever he wants to, so he took a couple extra days, and that made Pat mad. He said Sweeney's been known to comment at length on social issues, 
That's something that comes with making millions of dollars and winning 80% of your games. I don't know why it comes with that. Why does it come with that? It doesn't. Dabo Sweeney's a football coach. Maybe he wants to stay in his lane. Maybe he doesn't want to contribute to the anger and the angst out there, and he's afraid of saying something wrong because he knows if he says something, it'll be twisted and criticized for either not saying it forcefully enough or not saying it fast enough. Uh, he's criticized by Pat for not being a fan of Colin Kaepernick. Well, I'm not a fan of Colin Kaepernick's kneeling either. Um, it would be great if Sweeney and other rich men in his professions... who Why, What's he doing, man? I'm just quoting. And other rich men in his profession who lead teams with higher percentages of black males could really lean into America's most glaring unfinished job. Not just quoting scripture or Martin Luther King, but creating tangible change. What do you suggest, Pat? There's nothing in here to suggest anything. Texas basketball coach Shaka Smart showed the way Monday in a post full of excellent starting points. Good for Shaka Smart. Dabo Sweeney grew up, I think, without a dad, impoverished, and maybe doesn't feel qualified, as I wouldn't feel qualified, to give solutions to how to fix issues on race relations in America. It's above my pay grade. I have a heart for it. I hope it happens, but I don't have the expertise to do it. So I think sometimes it takes strength and um, sometimes it's smart not to talk when you don't but have I think there's anything common to sense. say. There's yeah. common sense things like leadership in from, from Washington. Here's a quote from Dabo, which this is not enough for Pat, I guess. Quote from Dabo on the conference call. Sometimes it's better to listen than speak. It's not about trying to speak first or something like that. I've spent the last week listening. Not good enough, huh? No. Way to go, Pat. He lauds Trevor Lawrence for saying uh, there has to be a shift in the way of thinking. Rational must outweigh irrational. Justice must outweigh injustice. Love must outweigh hate. If you put yourself in someone else's shoes and you don't like how it feels, that's when you know things need to change. Okay, great. Nobody disagrees with that. It's self-evident, just like racism is bad, self-evident. So I guess Dabo, had he said that Sunday, maybe he'd escape Pat's wrath. Dabo on Monday. First and foremost, I know that we're all hurting for the Floyd family in our country. I can't speak for the entire staff and our team in that regard. I can speak for the entire team and our staff in that regard. We have all witnessed just disgusting acts of evil. That's really the only word I can appropriately use. What I know, Dabo Sweeney talking, as I approach everything from a perspective of faith, is that where there are people, there's going to be hate. There's going to be racism and greed and jealousy and crime and so on because we live in a sinful fallen world. We've had so much bad news. And Pat Forty follows that with generalizing the death of a black man at the knee of a white police officer as a byproduct of our sinful world didn't exactly hit the mark. Well, that's the mark for me. That sentence is missing two words. And the two words it's missing are didn't exactly hit the mark with me, Pat Forty, because it hits the mark with me and it explains it perfectly. You can believe, Pat Forty writes, that the devil made Derek Chauvin, the police officer in Minneapolis, do it. But a specific acknowledgement that this was an act of police brutality perpetrated upon a black man in handcuffs would have helped convince the world that Dabo gets it. 
really, Pat? Like calling it an act of evil is not enough? I think it's pretty self-evident that if you call it an act of evil, you are we are all know what he's talking about. He's talking about a white police officer with his knee on the neck of a black man. And if he didn't recite the facts enough for your satisfaction, okay, that's your right. But I would submit, Pat, this column doesn't help. This column doesn't help at all. Chris Cuomo saying, you know, where does it say protesters have to be peaceful? Chris Hayes on MSNBC saying what happens in the streets, calling it domestic terrorism is both plainly wrong and insanely dangerous. That doesn't help. What, what, setting, that doesn't help. Setting buildings on fire? Yeah, Don Lemon saying, well, you know, looting's bad, but, which you always know whenever there's a but, whatever comes after the but is what the person really feels. Don Lemon says, but I understand the anger. Really? You understand the anger? Okay, so how understandable is the anger? Understandable enough to justify the murder of David Dorn, a 40-year police captain? I mean, our media on the left and right, Hannity does it. Tucker Carlson does it. Ann Coulter does it. There are pro- Our media is full of provocateurs, not people who are living to the purpose of their what their profession was designed to do. Yeah. And, and I am ashamed. I am ashamed of what my profession has become. Well ashamed. done. Well done. Well said. I'm going to leave you with a verse today, if you don't mind. Good job, Bruce. I'm glad you had 48 hours to uh, contemplate what you were going. I don't have a solution, and I'm not going to purport that I do. I'm just telling you, I know what part of the a big I, part of the problem not, is, and it's people who were supposedly got into the business they're in to be fair. That's part and of the balanced, solution, though. and they're not. That's part of the solution. That's part of the solution, right there. Is you got to stop with that. You got to have some leadership on both sides and stop destroying each other in Washington D.C. And right? let me say this: I really like Pat Forty as a guy, and I'd love for Pat to come on our podcast, and we could have a. And I'm convinced we could have a productive conversation with Pat, and we'd gain from understanding his perspective, and hopefully he would gain from understanding our perspective. And so, yeah. Pat, if you hear of this podcast and Bruce Hooley's ripping you or whatever, I hope you take the time to listen to it. And I hope you know you're always welcome on this podcast. And I want to stay your friend. Yeah. I disagree with you strongly on your column. I want to stay your friend. I just, you know, he's like money shaming them. <laughs> so a GA at Clemson who has interaction with players and stuff, I guess, is not under the same compunction to speak Sunday. I, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But again, Dabo is a leader. I get where Pat's coming from. I don't think that's an unfair point. To say, you know, maybe maybe you're right, Chris. In South Carolina, people do want to know what Dabo sure. thinks. He's been a leader on spiritual matters. But I don't think you can fairly rip a guy for taking time. Maybe Dabo spent, like I spent Monday, a lot of time in prayer. Maybe he f- felt for him to speak, that was appropriate for him. Yeah. And it's not for Pat to say, well, you got to speak now. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm glad you took time. I enjoyed your podcast today. <laughs> I did. I think it was great. Um, why I'm optimistic. Jeremiah 32, 27, Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Mm. So, you know, no, 
No, so that's no, why no. that's why I have optimism. And look, I don't say I have all the solutions. I'm just saying what I would do. Like I said on Monday's podcast, I had a little more clarity than you did on Monday. I was mm-hmm. so angry at the at the at the confiscation by the criminals that were looting and stealing and destroying people's hard work, people's the communities that do suffer the most racism in this world. They were being destroyed by uh, looters and the exploitation of what the protest was about became the story which takes away that that's what made me so angry but civility needs to be restored on all sides in our government that's my solution and there needs to be leadership and it starts with president trump and and then the media has to stop dividing in this world and stop presenting just one side you, you you just you you can't do that because people they think we're idiots and most people and I know that we get caught up in this because we take the news that we see personal most people I think can discern for themselves what is true and what is not true and what is slanted and what is not slanted there's but, a reason why the media is the least trusted source in this country and they don't care they have no no obligation to professionalism in their jobs and that's sad uh i'll leave you with this uh, because it dovetails with exactly what you said a friend of mine with whom i strongly disagree politically he took me to task the other day on a task uh, text for saying that I feel like President Obama's eight years in office escalated the disagreements in race in our country. And he asked me why I said that, and I explained to him. And he responded with a very eloquent statement. He said, we live in confirmation silos. Most of us live in confirmation silos, where we are in a silo, and we only consume content that confirms what we already believe. So we'll leave you with that. That's a great Um, point. And that's why it's important to engage with people on a polar opposite side of you because they can say things that can help you understand and put things in without getting perspective personal or without getting personal do it in a civil manner yes so uh remember our sponsors it's hard to insert you know in a good place a sponsor mention when we're talking about issues of great gravity like this but willis spangler starling our attorney firm in hilliard online willisattorneys.com and i apologize small businesses man aui info and akron does a phenomenal job with helping you through the murky waters of complying with all these state orders and getting employees back who may be sick and fearful and whatever, and how do you separate and Zoom calls and this and that and the other. Chrissy and Julie, their HR expert, do a phenomenal job. AUINFO.com. AUINFO.com. We'll be back Friday, and man, I hope we have, well, we'll have a new president at OSU to talk about, and hopefully some sports and hopefully some progress on these issues of great import. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your time. Sometimes the topics pick us. We don't pick the topics. And the last few days has been an instance of that. Everybody have a great day. God bless.